Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Real Talker with Drew Walker. I'm Drew Walker, author of the poetry book Confines of a Free Spirit, and just a generally cool person. Here's what to expect in this episode. I'm going to read a poem from my book, and I'm going to talk about the stories and inspiration behind the poems. I'll take you guys back in time to when I wrote the poem. I'll probably ramble a little bit, and then I will give you guys a writing prompt, an album recommendation, and I'll answer some listener questions. If you enjoy the episode, please leave a rating or share the podcast itself. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it's really easy to just give a rating out of five stars. Um, all the other platforms, it's really easy to just share the episode or share the Real Talker with Drew Walker page. So I really appreciate anybody that makes that extra effort. You have a special place in my heart and I love you for it. For those of you tuning in for the first time, I do recommend you go back and listen to episode one just to get a little bit of background on who I am and where I'm coming from. For those of you who are tuning in for the second time, uh, thanks for being a super fan. If you're interested in knowing what poems I'll be sharing before the episode, I have been sharing them in advance on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram is at drewwalker underscore art and my Facebook page is drewwalkerart. So if you wanted to have a little sneak peek at what I'll be talking about, feel free to follow those, like those, do your things. Anyways, the poem I'll be talking about today is called Serpents. And this is a poem that I wrote when I was traveling in Australia. Surprise, surprise. Here's the poem. Serpents. Focusing on what I see. Meditate on what will be. Even still, they're drawn to me, attracted to my energy. The mind knows that I should stay calm. My instinct's always been to run. Where are you running to or from? Back and forth, snake in the sun. I think this poem can easily be interpreted as a big metaphor for really snaky and negative people. However, it's probably the most literal poem in my book. Um, and it's actually just about a snake in wild Australia. When I came back to Canada, one of the questions that I'm asked the most is, what was the wildlife like in Australia? All Canadians have this image of Australia as this place with massive bugs and spiders and snakes and crocodiles, crikey. But in my opinion, there is nothing worse than the mosquitoes in Alberta, really. I will gladly live amongst harmless, massive spiders if that means that my skin isn't itching from these bloodthirsty little buggers. Before I'm asked again, I will just say it. Yes, I have seen a huntsman spider many times. 
When I first got to Australia, these were the scariest things I've ever seen. But by the end of Australia, you know, you spend about two years there. And these things are my friends now. Like I can hold them in my hand. We get along now. My first encounter with a huntsman spider was just after buying a van and I was traveling with these two girls. One was from Czech Republic and one was from Germany. This was the first time I had been taking it on the highway. So we were traveling at like 110 kilometers an hour and it was really loud. You can hear the wind kind of seeping through the windows and we're trying to have conversations but we're basically having to yell because of all the noises and the steering wheel is shaking. It was pretty sketchy. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these two girls just start screaming their heads off. And one of them jumps onto my lap while I'm driving. The other one jumps into the back seat and they are just screaming bloody murder. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm driving here, ladies. You're going to get us all killed. And then I see it. The huntsman. It had crawled out from the sun visor above me. Oh, I can't even think about it. So I take the next exit and pull over and try to find something to trap this spider. The girls are just in shock. They have exited the vehicle. They're chain smoking on the side of the road, just trying to cope in some way. So I find this Tupperware. And when I go back to trap the spider, he crawls back into the side of my door. So we never got the closure on saying goodbye to the huntsman. And the rest of our road trips were were filled with anxiety for sure but that van was my home my bed was in there i slept in that van and i remember for weeks i couldn't sleep because i never said goodbye to this huntsman i would be falling asleep and i'd hear the tiniest little sound and i would just i could feel my body heating there'd be beads of sweat on my forehead and i was just thinking okay inevitable death tonight it's all good you've lived a good life a couple days after that experience the girls and i ended up going to a hops farm to work as tractor drivers for a season and i had parked my van on the land there and still no closure on the huntsman but a few nights in, I heard something and I was sure it was the huntsman. I was finally going to have this closure. Now, at this time, I was sleeping under my pillow. I was sleeping with a spider killer, this spray, and the lid was off so that in an emergency, I could just grab it out of my pillow and spray it. And I had the Tupperware under my other pillow so I could spray it and trap it. So I hear this rustling coming from my cereal box and I'm like, oh my gosh, this huntsman has been living in my cereal box, which I have been eating every morning for the past week. So I grab my flashlight and I shine it at this cereal box and to my dreadful surprise, the situation was much worse than I had anticipated. 
not only was the chapter of the huntsman going to continue, but I was staring a tiny little mouse straight in the eyes that was in my cereal box in my home. This is at the foot of my bed. I'm basically sleeping with a mouse and a huntsman. Living in a van really takes away all of those comforts. So I did the only thing that anybody could do in that situation. And in the middle of the night, I grabbed all of my bedding, all of my pillows, everything that was accessible to these beasts. And I left. I had work at six in the morning and it was about midnight at this time, but there was no way in hell I was gonna be sleeping with not only my huntsman roommate, but now a mouse. Like we did not agree to this in the terms and conditions, folks. Okay, back to serpents. When I wrote this poem, I was working my second season as a blueberry picker on a beautiful farm right on the coast in the southernmost part of Australia. The first two lines, focusing on what I see, meditate on what will be. That's really about the job of blueberry picking itself. When you're picking blueberries, you really have to focus in on what you're doing where you're picking it. There's no machine that is helping you to pick them. It's all by hand. And you can only pick the blueberries that are blue, nothing that has little red bits in them. So you really have to select and use your fingers to pluck the right ones. And it requires quite a great deal of attention for that. You also have to find a very special place in your mind to make peace with how repetitive the work is. Day in and day out, you're going up and down blueberry rows and all that you're doing for eight hours straight, six days a week is picking blueberries. You really do have to find a way to meditate to pass the time. I would always listen to music or podcasts, but some days I would just listen to nature and try to find that peaceful spot in my brain. A lot of the farm work in Australia pays you based on your efficiency. So with blueberry picking, I was paid based on how many blueberries I picked in a day, how many kilograms. By the end of the season, I was picking about 60 kilograms of blueberries a day. And I was probably eating about two or three kilos a day on the farmer's dime. <laughs> It definitely makes me appreciate those more stable hourly and salary paid jobs. Uh, it's quite humbling to, to be paid based on your work ethic, really. The lines, even still they're drawn to me, attracted to my energy. This is really about animals attraction to me. I don't know what it is, but ever since I've been a kid, I've always formed relationships with animals very easily. This is mentioned in another poem in the book, just a one-liner where it says, animals are the fucking best. And I really do believe that. However, in this instance, the animal was a snake and 
it was quite scary actually. So what really happened was I was picking my blueberries, I was in the zone, I had my headphones on, and then I heard someone in the row next to me scream out of nowhere. Now, when you're picking blueberries, it's often that you'll come across spider webs and spiders, uh, sometimes snails will be on your hands, even frogs. So you really get used to just kind of having to shake them off of you and keep on going. So I thought that this person who screamed had just run into a spider web or something as you do. So I started laughing. I was like, aha, they must be new here. Ha ha ha. So I just keep on listening to my music, keep on picking, and I'm barefoot, I'm in my shorts, and just life goes on, right? But then I feel something on my foot. So as anyone would, I look down and there was a snake. Now, the only thing I know about snakes in the particular place that I was living is that all snakes in this state are poisonous. So I was not seeing this snake as my friend. I was seeing this snake as probably my death again. And I know that snakes are like very sensitive to energy, like the best way that you can deal with a snake is just to stay calm, like you see in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, like they have to be calm and then they fall through the snakes. Like that's, I know that. I know that's how I should have responded. And that's where the line, the mind knows that I should stay calm comes from. But then leading after that, the next line is, my instinct's always been to run. So what do you think I did? I ran, of course I ran. Not only did I run though, I kicked the snake, I screamed at the top of my lungs, and I ran the opposite direction. This was the first time that a snake has ever been seen on this farm, and the farmers caught word that this had happened to me, and they saw how in shock I was. I was shaking, I couldn't even speak, I was so scared. So they actually ended up taking me off the farm that day and I got to work in the pack house, which is considered an honor because you get paid hourly. So that was really nice of them. The second last line, where are you running? To or from? This is obviously, I ran, so just continuing that conversation. But it was also a line that I had previously written and I thought that it suited this poem. As someone who travels, I've thought a lot about movement and running. And there was often this question in my mind of, am I running away from something or am I running towards something? I think that this is common for travelers I mean, based off of the people that I've met, many people come from broken homes or traumatic upbringings, so they really are running away from something and they, they don't have any other choice. So you can often see in travelers, there's this tendency to have unhealthy coping mechanisms and really work hard, play hard attitude, maybe in a way that is unbalanced. I've decided that 
I was one of the travelers that was more running towards something. I did set out with the intention of getting more in touch with myself and improving myself. And I do feel like I did that. So that was just a little bit of a contemplative question. Where are you running to or from? And the final line, back and forth, snake in the sun. It was this kind of back and forth. Am I running away or am I running towards? I kept going back and forth like maybe I am running away from something. But no, no, I think I am running towards something. And then just that last little bit snake in the sun. It gives you that visual of back and forth, like which one is it? And also just that's what the snake was doing when I was running away from it. And it slithered like right on top of my bare feet in between my legs. Like it was all up in my grills. It was not cool. It was kind of cool because yeah, I got to see a snake and stuff, but near death experience, right? I'm quite confident in my ability to navigate natural environments, but this moment with the serpent was incredibly humbling. I love this poem because it is so literal. I guess a lot of my poems are quite straightforward, but many poems are metaphors for sure. That's just a natural default to writing. But I like that it could also be interpreted as snaky people and you know negative energies surrounding you more there's a lot of symbolism behind the snake and you know original sin and things like that so I really like that double meaning I also don't believe that there's any way to misinterpret a poem and that's the beautiful thing about art is that it's so subjective based on an individual's framework of thinking it excites me to hear how other people interpret my poems because it is so vast, the differences that you can see. If you're ever curious what a poem is about, you are more than welcome to send me a message on social media. I will gladly respond and I hope that I can hear what you actually thought it was about too. Now it's the time you've all been waiting for. The time for the writing prompt of the week. This week's writing prompt is, what do I value? Now, this is one of the first things that I reflected on when I started traveling. And the way that I did it was I just put a big heading on the top of a page. And if there was words that came to mind or sentences that came to mind, I just jotted them anywhere. When I have a journal, I make sure that I get blank pages because I feel it allows me to be a little bit more creative in the way I lay out my writing. Um, I find that lined pages can be a little bit more limiting. They, they put you into that list formatting instead of getting a little bit more creative. What a value is, is one's judgment of what's important in life. So there are thousands, probably tens of thousands of values that you can have, but what is the most important to you in life? These values could be openness, loyalty, efficiency, stability, family, positivity. The options are endless, really. Over the last couple years, I realized that one of my most important values is learning. 
And now that I've taken the time to reflect on that, it has helped me to shape the direction that I'm going in now. If I don't feel like I'm learning something in a hobby, in an activity, in a job opportunity, then it doesn't feel as worth my time compared to something that is a learning opportunity for me. Perhaps by identifying what you value, you may be able to envision a different framework for your life or just see your framework more clearly. Also, let me know what your values are. I want to know you guys too. I have two listener questions that I would also like to highlight today. The first question is from Wenling in the Netherlands. And the question is, why have you decided to make two covers? So for those of you who don't know, my book Confines of a Free Spirit is available in two different editions of cover art. One of the covers is a colorful collection of pressed flowers from a garden that I grew in Australia. The second cover is a watercolor painting of a naked woman softly surrendering. The cover that I originally had was that soft surrender and I really loved this artwork because it was a friend of mine in Australia who painted it and I felt like the artwork really spoke to the mood of the poems in the book. However, I understand that not everyone has the same taste in art and it is a little bit risque to be selling a book that has a completely naked person on the cover. I see it as a celebration of the female body and really just what it is to be human, but I understand that it may deter some people away from the book. So it was important to me that I created another cover edition that aligned with me just as much. So I used my garden flowers and created a very beautiful second option. I also wanted to make it appropriate to sell in stores and I didn't want to be turned away just because the cover art was a little bit too out there because I do think that the content of the book itself can be meaningful to a variety of people and people judge books by covers. I don't want them to look away because they're afraid of nudity. So thank you for that question, Wenling. Sending love your way. The second question that I have from a listener is from Sarah in Canada. And her question was, how did your time abroad impact where you are today? This is such a loaded question. I feel like I could do an episode just exclusively on this, but I'll do my best to have a more concise answer for you. Ever since I was a teenager, I knew that I wanted to travel. I took my first trip by myself when I was 15 years old to attend the largest youth camp in Canada. And that completely opened my mind to the potential opportunities that travel held. My life became very experientially based. So anytime I was working, saving money, I knew that 
this money would be going towards an experience or a trip or something really fun. Now, I hit a point in my travels when I realized, oh my gosh, everything I've ever dreamed of doing is what I'm doing right now. All of a sudden, I had caught up to all of the goals that I had set for myself. There was this incredible sense of, okay, now what? And before I had the chance to really decide what now, all of these opportunities started approaching me and these doors were opening for me before I had even considered them. I am much more go with the flow, much more qualitative in my thinking and just accepting of whatever will be. And that would be the main way that traveling abroad impacted my life. Thanks for the question, Sarah. The last thing that I will leave you guys with this week is another album recommendation. Um, I think that most of the time these art recommendations will probably be music. I really, really like music. There may occasionally be a book or a movie or a show, but for the most part, you can expect album recommendations. This week, I am recommending Skin Shapes album, Arrogance is the Death of Men. My best friend recommended this to me and it was instant love. I listened to it in the car, I listened to it in the shower, I listened to it in the bath. Just chill out, relax, let the bass get in ya. If you're interested in a more intimate podcast listening experience, I do encourage you to purchase a copy of my book. The best way to purchase Confines of a Free Spirit is directly through me via Instagram, Facebook, or email. My Instagram is at drewwalker underscore art. My Facebook is drewwalkerart. And my email is art.drewwalker at gmail.com. The book can also be purchased online at audreys.ca or at hideoutdistro.com. If you're located in Edmonton and fancy yourself an outing, the book can be purchased at three different locations. It can be purchased at Audrey's Books on Jasper Ave and 107th. It can be purchased at Hideout Distro on 124th Street and 108th Ave, or it can be purchased at Mandolin Books and Coffee Co. in Highlands. Thank you so much for listening. The next episode will be two weeks from now, and I hope that you plan on tuning into that one as well. Lots of love. Hear me then.